I was different. Having to show the world that I was d different, especially in Arabic so society, can be especially challenging. The fear of judgment had a very negative effect on me. It's like this quote that that goes wherever I go, there I am. Welcome to another episode of Yellow List Talk, where we are here to help you figure things out by people who are still trying to figure things out. So today we have no other than Jose Perenia. Featured on Forbes, Mr. Jose is a world-renowned speaker and comedian. He has spoken on TED Talks, has five TED Talks. He has spoken at TikTok's annual conference, Tesla, Google, and the list goes on. Jose is also a comedian and has his own series called Sofa Laughs. Jose, above all, this man is a real one and he has always been there to inspire people and we couldn't be more grateful to have you here today. So thank you so much, Jose, for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, and I'll mention for these, the sake of the viewers and, and, and the listeners that I do have a stutter your internet is working just fine. I love it. So I remember you describe yourself as a lifetime stutterer with a quest to conquer your fear of stuttering every stage of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, uh, about five years ago, I, I, decided to confront the fear of s s speaking that stemmed from having had a severe speech impediment my whole life through public s s speaking. That's, that's awesome. And I, Remember the first time I've actually met you, Jose. So I met Jose and when we had a YLT conference mm. and he came and he auditioned, I believe at the University of Toronto, Mississauga yeah. campus. And you spoke your story and your truth. And I remember not anyone in that audience by the end of that audition didn't stand up and just applaud you. And, uh, and what I find so inspiring about you is that you've always been able to uh, break fear down into something everyone can understand and mm. digest. And knowing that you've grown up with a stutter, I wonder how it was like for you to grow up with a stutter, both growing up in Lebanon as well as coming up in Canada. Growing up in Lebanon with a stutter, I avoided sp speaking and people 
as much as I could. Because to me, speaking meant showing the world that I was different. And, And having to show the world that I was different, especially in Arabic society, can be especially challenging. The fear of judgment had a very negative effect on me, and I realized that my my most secure way of of navigating this challenge would be through silence. When I avoided speaking, I would, in a way, protect myself from negative reactions. And when I moved to 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 Canada at age at age eighteen to 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 do my undergrad, I I was under the naive perception that that moving across the Atlantic would allow me to instantly get rid of all of my self-limiting beliefs and all of those fears, insecurities, and anxieties. And I quickly realized that it's like this quote that that goes wherever I go, there I am. And Mm. and no amount of new environments can change how we feel if we don't take the steps towards that journey of transformation. I love that. Where I go, there I am. Mm. So wherever you went, you still felt like you had that fear of when you wanted to speak mm. and how people will react and mm-hmm. how people may perceive you. Mm. And I'm I'm curious, when did you establish that was a fear of yours? When were you like, okay, Jose, this is something I'm actually scared about and had that realization? Yeah, so... Uh, 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 while I have almost always dealt with it, I can say that in my in my adolescence, when there is that pressure to fit in, is probably when I experienced that fear in in the most intensive ways and uh, i can recall a lot of 
instances both in Lebanon and in Canada when that fear was most pronounced. And, and one story that comes to, to mind was in my first year, I believe, in university in Montreal. I was at a house party and I meet someone and we, we quickly hit it off. We start holding hands and then she asks me, what is your name? And my name used to be the most difficult word for me to say. So I respond with, and as I'm struggling to tell her who I am, she lets my hand go and walks away. And in that moment, I just felt, I felt like it was so obvious that it was being different that caused this judgment and this reaction. And this this, this, this is one of many interactions that further convinced me that I would be much safer by not speaking mm-hmm. and by, by, by just ch- choosing silence. Thank you very much for sharing that story. I think a lot of people can relate to that to a certain extent. When you're in high school, going to university, first year university, everyone feels different uh, to Mm. some extent Mm. right whether it's uh, where their family is from whether they you know they may be attracted to the same sex like there's everyone has something that they may feel like they are different about and what i appreciated about um about you jose is that you've taken your fear and you've crushed it and were able to turn it into your career you know you're a motivational (laughs) speaker you're a comedian and I want to know just on the concept of fear, how do you, you define it? How does one define fear? Mm. Uh, I would define fear as, as a mental obstacle that prevents us from doing something. And the fear is that are worth exploring are those that are related to to things that we we know deep down that we want to be doing those things. So, of course, Mm -hmm. some fears are evolutionary evolutionary useful if you have a fear of scorpions for example this fear is not really worth exploring 
because it serves a a specific purpose and that's fine when it comes however to the fear of speaking in in the classroom or in a meeting the fear of saying hello to someone new the fear of launching an entrepreneurial journey mm-hmm. or chasing our dreams, whatever the the mm-hmm. context is, then those are the fears that actually can be very meaningful and we should f- f- find a way to understand and overcome them. I love that. I love the fact that you said uh, it's and included that it's something you want to do, mm. right? It's not, and you've clearly defined and dis, and made a difference between something. Sometimes it's good to have fear. You know, mm-hmm. it helps you survive. You know, like <laughs> you should be scared to jump off a plane. Like for example, mm. you know, unless you got like some parachute, uh, that's a whole other story. Uh, and then there's other things you actually want to do. You want to achieve, and sometimes decisions that are the best decisions for uh, for us are decisions we're really scared about. Like I'm just even reflecting as you're speaking about one of the decisions I had to make, which is quit my job, right? At, right after uh, law school, I was articling and it wasn't something for me. Mm. And I still remember walking in and realizing I do not want to work in a traditional law firm setting. Mm. And But the fear of judgment, mm. that what will people think? What will my family think? That, you know, I'm going to leave this, you know, cushy, tu- like, I don't want to say tunnel vision, but cushy path mm. that was going to get me, you know, comfort in my life to try to do something which I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Mm. Right. I'm very grateful where I am today, but I do remember feeling so scared at that mm. moment. Mm. Um, and it's so far, it's been the best decision of my life. Mm. So I'm, I definitely see the, what you're saying about the importance of acknowledging you have fear and still going going through it and just making that decision based on what you want to do. I wanted to also ask you, so when it comes to fear, a lot of times people um, confuse fear and anxiety. Mm. Like, for example, like I was telling you right before this, it's like when we were talking yesterday, I was a little anxious about today. I was like, what is going to happen? But was I scared or was I anxious? Mm. How do you define the difference between the two and how can someone be like okay i'm scared or am i anxious or are they both the same thing mm. i would say of course the the best person to answer about the nuances between the two is a psychologist or or a a specialist in that field the way that I look at it they are pretty similar in the sense that they involve a mental obstacle I know that with anxiety there might be more rumination 
whereas fear might be more situational or more related to a to a specific moment that we are experiencing but really i would say the the two the two experiences are are quite similar when i think for example about the fact that dealing with a severe stutter gave me severe social anxiety that is in a way social fear that is in a way the fear of judgment by other people due to due, due, due to being different I, I hear what you're saying I, I do agree like when it comes to fear and anxiety they do in a way go hand in hand obviously we're not a psychologist to be able yeah. to to assess and identify uh, I think for me on a personal level um, when I feel like there's something that I it's like you said something you want to do but something is holding you back that's fear if something you're just scared of doing on a constant basis mm. uh, that is anxiety that's sure. how I I separate the two and mm -hmm. you know once um, once you're able to acknowledge the difference you're able to take actions and mm. one thing I, I love about you Jose and you've spoken about this a few times in previous in our cafes and in our talks is meditation mm. how important has meditation been in your life mm. if you ever see me in the green room of a comedy club or in my hotel room before a conference chances are you would see me with my eyes closed and and my airpods on and doing a and doing a meditation i do find that this practice has played a big role in my journey because on the one hand it is key to take uncomfortable action and to to, to really turn that fear into action at the same time it's also key to strike a balance between this action taking on the one hand and a state of relaxation a state of of self-support and self-care that can make this journey of transformation one that's more su su sust sust sustainable and reducing the the possibility of burnout which can come from repeated 
action t- taking without that th- that moment of wellness and rest. I think that's very important, and I I, I want to just highlight that is that the fact that we balance, right? We can always take action to overcome fears, and but at the same time, we got to take a step back, reflect, meditate. Mm. And uh, and that also equips us mm. to overcoming fear mm. and uh, overcoming obstacles in general. And I really appreciate the fact that this is something that uh, we see more and more today. Mm. People are integrating meditation, mindfulness in their day-to-day life mm. Um, mm. as a way to to cope and overcome these fears or anxieties. Mm. So, Jose, in one of your talks you tell your audience that an obstacle can either paralyze or skyrocket your potential depending on one question. Will you face it? Mm. How do you motivate yourself to finally face your fears? Mm. When I look back at my journey, I was definitely motivated by pain and When I use the word pain, I mean the the pain of regrets and the pain of wasted potential. And when that pain exceeded the temp, the temp, Temporary discomfort that stemmed from essentially taking uncomfortable action. I realized that I that the short-term discomfort of of doing something scary was certainly less intense than the long-term pain that came from constantly sacrificing my potential as well as uh, accumulating regrets that came from not having spoken and not having taken action in so many situations and and I would say really that one of the most important insight in my journey has been that fear and action can co-exist as long as we hold the assumption or the belief that we can only take action when our fear has disappeared, we are bound to postpone taking action. I love that fear. And action can coexist. Mm. 
it's uh, because you're right. They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. You don't have to quash or squash fear and being <laughs> like, <laughs> and be like, okay, now I'm no longer scared and let's go on with my life. It's really being able to acknowledge what you're, what scares you and how do you go through, through it. And also, and also creating positive memories of us feeling scared Mm -hmm. and yet doing the thing. So one example that that comes to mind is I was, so this is probably three years ago, I was at the book signing of Mark Manson after he had published one of his books. This was a big event with hundreds of people at at Indigo Bookstore downtown. And at some point, after a short talk that he had delivered, he asked the audience if there were any questions. And when I heard him say this, even though at the time I had already embarked on that journey of of growth, I had already done one of my TED Talks, I had already done some stand-up. As soon as he asked us if we had any questions, I recall experiencing intense emotions. And in that moment, though, I interpreted that intense physiological response of fear as an indication that this is something I should be doing. So I viewed that same obstacle that in the past would would have made me choose silence as an invitation towards action. So I felt these strong emotions of fear, anxiety, and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, and I put my hand up. And that's what I mean by fear and action can coexist. It's truly powerful because that same fear that once acted as a roadblock can, can all of a sudden start acting as a compass and even as a t- trampoline towards taking that action. I love that. I love the fact that uh, when something triggered your fear, you were able to say like, hey, this is now my compass. This is my sign to mm. actually overcome it and take action and mm. raise my hand. Mm. And uh, like raising your hand, I feel like 
especially in the in the context of classrooms, is is a scary thing for a lot of people. Mm. So so like like kudos for for learning how to use that as your compass. Mm. Um, I wanted to ask you, why do you think people are so afraid um, to overcome these obstacles and they stay in a way that's stagnant where they're just like, I'm scared to do this and let's just not. Mm. It, it is tempting to stay in our comfort zone. The comfort zone is predictable and inherently comfortable hence the mm -hmm. hence the term and i would say when we focus on on the fear or the this discomfort it's easy to be oh, overwhelmed mm. and that's why it's key to c connect with the purpose of why this is something that we might be interested in doing if i'm for example at a at a career fair or at an industry conference and there is someone that you wish to speak with and yet you experience fear it's it's key to connect with the why so what potentially amazing opportunities might arise if we accept these short seconds of temp temporary discomfort. And when we're able to connect with what might happen after we have engaged in this situ situation, it's much, it's much more likely that we can turn that fear into action. And it's also key to, to, to always, con to always contextualize the, the moment within the grand scheme of things. I, I, I sometimes liked uh, if... I'm at a comedy club. I'm about to go up on stage. I will often look at the audience and then my first thought might be I'm a my first thought might be I'm about to go there there what? And then I'll I'll remind myself, Jose, you're on a rock in the middle of the universe and while this and while and while this moment 
might be meaningful to you personally, it is statistically insignificant. Mm-hmm. And having this, mm-hmm. this gist of cosmic absurdity makes me laugh and it then invites me to to take that action i love that analogy because if you do look at it from the grand scheme of things we are so insignificant in the universe Mm. and i think that's a good um, good analogy to use when it comes to Fear. It's a good analogy to use when it comes to feeling stressed mm. and just putting things in perspective. Like the galaxy is so wide and <laughs> infinite, mm. but we can't just keep focusing on that one little thing that we're scared about or that stresses us out. Mm. And it's a good mind shift. I'm I'm curious, have you always thought of or have you always had this mindset or was this something you developed over the years? This is something that I have developed in the past five of six, five or six years of having embarked on this truly unexpected journey that my younger self would have deemed absurdly impossible. So the quite often these mindset shifts occur as a result of repeatedly taking action. It reminds me of that quote that goes, you cannot think your way into into a new way of acting, but you can act your way into a new way of thinking. Mm. And quite often the action has to come first. We, we can learn about mindsets. We, we, we can learn about theories through the field and then those can 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 help us calibrate our f- future actions uh, accordingly. Yeah, uh, action comes before the emotions, and so one thing I actually just recently discovered is 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 that when you smile every single day and you force yourself to smile, you become happier. When, you're, <laughs> when you laugh every single day, you are having a good time. So just forcing yourself to experience those emotions first and you know, taking that form, then it comes afterwards. is something that's very important to learn and understand. Mm. And it's something I've recently uh, discovered um, and something try- I'm trying to implement in my own life because mm. if you are you know, if you're always putting yourself in an environment where you are laughing or you're having a good time, you see it, you see it on your own mental health. You see it on, mm. in your own uh, well-being versus if you're always in a toxic environments, mm. you see the opposite. Yeah. So Jose, thank you so much for sharing. I wanted to ask you, what is the one piece of advice that you would say 
is the worst piece of advice <laughs> you've ever received in your whole entire life. Mm. Be yourself. Why is that the worst piece of advice? When I was going through what I was going through, avoiding s speaking and people almost eh, entirely, the advice be, be yourself would not have helped me at all. In fact, most of my life I assumed that I was deeply introverted because I was allowing my stutter and the fear of judgment to, to directly affect the extent to which I was expressing myself or engaging with the world. And if we focus simply on being ourselves, th this implies that we know who we are. In reality, I would much rather an emphasis on self-discovery. And this, and where as be yourself implies passivity, self-discovery self implies taking action that will g gradually on uncover our true uh, essence. I love that. That is a quote of the day. <laughs> Discover yourself. Because you're very right is that there are complex factors that may mm. contribute to why we're acting the way we are. Mm. And just simplifying it as being yourself may not uh, do us justice in actually understanding ourselves. So I love how you framed it as discovering yourself because life is a journey of discovery mm. and trying to understand who you are. Mm. Uh, so I, I genuinely love that. And I think if there's one piece of advice that people need to remember today is that so actually, on the flip side, <laughs> what is the one best piece of advice Jose Peranian has ever received? <laughs> I don't have any tattoos. <laughs> okay. If I were to, to ever get one, it would be of a quote by Robert Frost that I often mention in my s s speeches at organizations. And that quote is, the best way out is always through. And this is advice that has, in fact, played a b big role in my own journey, when I was so focused on avoiding situations I was afraid of, the f f philosophy that states that the best way out of those 
situations is actually through them empowered me to to take the action that eventually led to do the b- belief that fear and action can in fact coexist the best way out is to go through i love that mm. when you first started talking about tattoos i was like oh this is going to be one of those conversations <laughs> on, like do not get a tattoo or something but <laughs> i really can't uh, stress this enough is that um i think this actually summarizes this the whole theme of the conversation is that if you are scared of something the best way to overcome it is to actually do it and to do it again and again and again and the reason why i i emphasize this point is because overcoming fear isn't a singular tr- transaction with the universe it's an ongoing journey of repeatedly slaying the dragons that you you might have thought have already been slayed i love that it's really this this act of accepting that this this is an ongoing journey and yes there there is such a thing as desensitization in the sense that those fears can feel more and more manageable as we repeatedly expose ourselves to them but that doesn't mean that the fear goes away and this is why uh, I, I, I'm often asked if there was one turning point in my journey, one single moment that changed everything. And t- to me, that question is based on a romanticized understanding of change, one that's heavily influenced by Hollywood, where all we need for transformation is a singular breakthrough moment, when something just clicks. As we go and run under the rain with Katie Perry's fireworks, playing in the background that that simply hasn't been the case for me it it truly was what i call millions of micro moments of bravery during which i repeatedly did what I feared. For you, fear wasn't a 
a one-time moment. It's a mm. habit that you've developed. Mm. Uh, I want to just thank you again, Jose, for being here and for sharing so much knowledge and a wealth of insights. You've told, you've talked to us about fear. Uh, you've told us how to develop a mindset that will conquer those fears and live with fear and action side by side and understanding that they can coexist. Our conversation was uh, was fruitful. At the same time, we also discussed identity and how your world as a Lebanese-Canadian intersects into your existence here. And so I want to thank you again. I want to leave the last few words for you to talk to the camera, give the audience, tell them like one thing that they need to know. It's okay to be different. And as soon as, uh, as you own your, you, 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 uniqueness, the soonest you will feel liberated to sh show up in the world authentically and express who you are in a way that will empower you and the people around you to connect on a on a the deeper level on the one hand while also enabling you to fulfill your truest p p potential in life. What incredible words. Thank you so much, Jose. I want to just remind everybody who is listening or watching, please subscribe, you know, drop us a comment, tell us how much you have enjoyed the show, or if you didn't, maybe, okay, don't leave those comments, but <laughs> thank you guys, and don't forget to subscribe. Yalla, let's, uh, yalla, bye. <laughs> yalla. <laughs>